When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Now, Chad Brown is a dog guy because he does the show from his palatial estates in the great state of Colorado. I can't tell you how many times we've done this show with Chad making a point, and I see a tail going behind him because it's one of his dogs hanging out with his house. He had a chance to see the Lakers dog last night, Brody the Snickerdoodle, who was courtside as a service dog, and Chad was like, that is a big dog that now already has one million followers. He has more followers on Twitter than Austin Reeves, whose jersey Snicker, the Snickerdoodle Brody was wearing last night, Chad, even though the Lakers lost to the New York Knicks. Brody's a beautiful dog. Brody, my dogs are similar. Uh, my dogs are golden duels, so same, same type of thing. Not quite as uh, big as Brody, but, right. man, I've struggled to get, what, 13,000, 14,000 followers on Twitter? <laughs> Brody's got a million on Instagram, 6.6 6 on TikTok, Freddie. 6.6, 6, are you kidding me? I am a Southern California dude. I ain't never been courtside at a Laker game. You kidding me? Come on. Well, the best thing about what you just said, the comments were priceless because the minute I saw them thinking, "What?" In the, I'm watching the game last night. I'm watching to see if the Knicks are going to win. And by the way, they wound up winning. Julius Randle was terrific. So was Jalen Brunson. And all of a sudden I see, what the heck? Look at the size of that damn dog. And then he says, Brody, the snickerdoodle. And just reading the comments, chat on social media were priceless. One guy even mentioned, he said, what is it about my life? that Brody got courtside tickets to the Lakers, and I have yet to see a Lakers game courtside in my life. What what kind of world in existence are we living in right now? It's Brody's world with just living in it. I, I, am feeling, I am feeling that commenter because I feel the exact same way. Commenter. Heck, I play professional football. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I can't get courtside seats to the Lakers game. But Brody, hey. Tiffany oh, Captain Brody's owner. Brody's a cute dog, and yes. uh, I'm sure Brody deserves his social media following. <laughs> Apparently, I got to take some notes from a damn dog yeah, on how to do this thing. <laughs> Christine Lisi even said, this is another reason why we don't deserve dogs. We don't deserve Brody because Brody's living better than any of us can ever possibly live. Google Brody Lakers courtside, and believe me, check out the comments afterwards. This public service message from Freddie, Harry, Chad Brown, and Freddie coming together. Join us anytime you want to Dr. Pepper call the line. Can't wait to hear your dad to say at Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season or Brody at the Lakers courtside season without the delicious taste of ice cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. So now we talk about the Brody thing. Let's get on to the real thing. The main thing, the main 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 thing. The main thing with Freddie and Harry. Now, full disclosure, part of the 15 years that Chad played in the NFL, he played for the Patriots. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
but he also played for the Seattle Seahawks. There's not a soul out there right now, Chad Brown, that believes that the Seattle Seahawks, with a backup quarterback, were going to find a way to win that football game last night. Harry Douglas, who was on the show yesterday, he believed they were going to win. I was on the other side. I said, yeah, I know the Eagles had their struggles with the 49ers losing to them. To the Dallas Cowboys, losing to them. They got blown out in both of those games. But I'm thinking whatever ills that they had, they would be able to find a reason to overcome that and get the win. And it didn't happen. So I'll throw this at you, Chad. What in the name of Jalen Hurts is wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, before we get into the Eagles, you got to give the Seahawks and Pete Carroll a That's tip true. of the cap. Because yep. you, you go, okay, well, they lost their last four. Well, two of the last four were to the 49ers. One of those last four was against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Good point. So, and now they lost twice to the Rams early to start the season, and then the, the first game of the four-game losing streak. But before that, they lost to the Bengals and the Ravens. Outside of the Rams, early on, all those are now considered to be really, really good football teams, particularly <laughs> Cowboys and the 49ers. So, right. uh, you know, the I think the overlooking of Seattle, Harry Douglas was right. I think folks were underestimating Pete Carroll and what he brings. And then for Drew Locke, Drew Locke was in Denver. You know, you talked about how I'm based in Denver. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of Drew Locke. And Drew Locke can have games where he flashes like he flashed last night where you go, oh, my goodness, yeah. this guy could be something special. And so he showed his most special positive side last night, played really well, played with poise, uh, played with a lot of comfort for a guy who's, uh, you know, hasn't had a lot of time under center recently. And I loved his postgame comments, mm-hmm. just his appreciation for the moment and the emotions that came from him. Because NFL football is hard. And somehow we expect our quarterbacks to be kind of like Jalen Hurts, always right. stoic, yeah. always has the CEO cap on. Yep. Drew, Drew Locke led us behind the scenes. He let his emotional wall down. It was beautiful to see because the game is important to him. And it does suck when you're on the bench and you are the backup and you prepare week in and week out and you never get an opportunity. And even for last night, he did not know he was going to be the guy. And then you're suddenly elevated in that position and you're looking at your teammates in the huddle and going, I got to lead these guys. Hopefully these guys rally around me and give me their best so we can go out there and put something good together. And it was good enough for them to get the win against an Eagles team, to your point, to your previous question, who's now struggling. Jalen Hurts and those interceptions, they weren't an issue so much when they were winning. And it was Mm -hmm. easy to kind of overlook it. But now at this point, it is officially an issue. They've got to find a way to get that thing probably correct. That's probably the number one issue plaguing the Eagles right now. You're going to hear how Jalen Hurts took us behind the curtain of what is ailing the Philadelphia Eagles and how somebody on the ESPN network called them out for saying such a thing. You're going to hear that in a couple of minutes here in Freddie and Harry, Chad Brown, and for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. But Chad mentioned the Drew Locke conversation after he led that game-winning drive, not hitting one, not one, not two, but four important passes, leading his team 90-plus yards to get that game-winning score to take down the Eagles and push the Eagles to a third straight loss and save the Seahawks' season at 7-7. Seven and seven. If you didn't see it last night, if you haven't heard it, you're going to be amazed and you're going to get emotional like he did, Drew Locke, the Seahawks quarterback, when he talked to Lisa Salter's postgame on ESPN's Monday Night Football. So what did it feel like to orchestrate this game-winning drop tonight? Oh, amazing won't do it justice. Amazing won't do it justice, but amazing also doesn't do justice with the O-line, what DK did on that catch, what the receivers did, what Ken Walker Zach Charbonnet did all game long, the tight ends, man. It takes a special group to rally around a guy that, you know, has come into his second game of the year, right? Used to the same thing all year long, same cadence, same spin of the ball, everything. A team like that, not just the offense, the defense. 
friends to rally around me tonight, man, that was that was amazing. I see some I hear some emotion in your voice. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. Blessed with a great group of guys, a great city, great coaching staff. It's just it's, it's awesome. It's a wow. Drew, when did you even know you were gonna be playing tonight? story going into that one, but I kept the mentality that I was going to play, regardless of what was going on, how people were looking and whatnot, I was just like, you know what, you're going to go out there and play, so just be ready to play, found out when we got here that I was going to get the nod, and roll the dice, baby, let's go. Take us back to the touchdown pass to, to Jackson, just what was the play call, take me through. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll remember that play call for the rest of my life, but breaking the huddle. I knew Jax had the one-on-one. Good reminder from Shane in the headset. I said, hey, Jax, if you're one-on-one, I'm throwing you this pill. Sure enough. Gave us a one-on-one look. Corner was soft. Jax hit him with some speed. Back pylon, back box throw. Came down with it. Again, Drew, we can see the emotion on your face. We can hear it in your voice. Can you can you just describe what you're feeling in your heart right now? Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard to describe the feeling of so long, or at least what feels like a really long time to me, and then you sit there, you watch games, you wonder, can I do this still? I haven't been out there on the field. That's the human nature of it. You get back out there last week, I'm like, you know what? I'm the man still. I can go do this. And then you got another test this week where I didn't know if I was going to play or not. Sure enough, ended up playing. We're playing the Eagles tonight. The boys around me rallied tonight, and it just, gosh, it feels so good. It feels so good. I'm so proud of everybody tonight. Fantastic, fantastic stuff from Drew Locke, the Seahawks quarterback, getting that chance, talking to Lisa Salters of ESPN Monday Night Football after leading that game-winning drive to take down the Eagles 20-17. to Chad, the one thing that jumped out to me, what he had to say was, I'll never forget that play call for the rest of my life. And I said to myself, I can't even imagine that you get that play call from the bench and thinking they have enough confidence in me to believe. I can go make this stick. I can go make this work. And he threw that dime down the right sideline, hitting Jackson Smith and Jibba for that winning touchdown. But that was the one thing, other than the emotion I took out of that from Drew Locke, not only doing it on that stage against that team, but he said, I will never forget that play call the rest of my life. And it's here's the best part of that soundbite for me. As a player, I know that soundbite doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. The coaches are not in the booth thinking, Let's roll the dice and see what Drew's got here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> All training camp and in the preseason when Drew Locke was getting opportunities, he was proving to the coaches that he was going to be up to that moment. All off-season long, mm-hmm. he was preparing for that kind of moment. So when, when people uh, you know, may have all kinds of differing thoughts about professional athletes, but when you hear somebody who is as appreciative as Drew Locke is in that moment, and in particular about that play, a lot of folks don't realize that there's hundreds and hundreds of hours that went into that particular moment. Part of the reason why I love fighting, boxing, or MMA, or any of those mm-hmm. combat sports, because it's you in the ring against somebody else, and you have right. this one opportunity to show improve in that moment. Right. Now, that's rare in football because it's such a team game. But for Drew Locke, it's that kind of moment right there where the call comes in 
and immediately he shifts to, oh man, they like they 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 trust mm-hmm. me to be able to do this. Wow. And in that moment, he's not flashing back to the hundreds of hours it took to prove to the coaches and to his teammates he can pull that off. But all that one moment, it all comes together for his success, for his team's success, mm-hmm. based on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of work. Um, now that I'm a retired guy, I can look back at that kind of perspective mm-hmm. and recognize the beauty in those moments in ways that I never could as a player. Wow, that's fantastic. Great stuff by Chad Brown, who played 15 years in the National Football League, and for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Meanwhile, in the land of Big Dom, cheesesteaks, and brotherly love, not a lot of communication has been going on positive when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, there's plenty of emotion, but it has not been the right kind of emotion after they started 10-1 and and then losses to the 49ers, then the Cowboys, and last night to the Seahawks have left a lot of people wondering, who are the Philadelphia Eagles? You know who feels that way? Their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. We didn't actually shoot. Um, I don't think we're, we're, all, we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know just, just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. Just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't know know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess, how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects and you know, it starts with me. All righty then. Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, when he said that after losing to the Seahawks. When Shannon Sharp from first take on ESPN heard him say that. I was surprised that he said that because you won 10 games. Were you not committed when you won those 10 games? Or it just not all of a sudden you start to lose, you're questioning the commitment of your team. Now, when you turn the ball over, you have double the amount of picks, double the amount of fumbles that you had last year. Mm-hmm. So you're turning it over at double the rate, and your defense can't take it away at the same rate. The defense can't get to the quarterback at the same rate. The defense can't stymie the pass at the same rate. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Because now you're doing what you didn't do. The defense is doing what they can't do. It's a recipe for disaster. All right, Chad, you heard that from Shannon Sharp and that from from, uh, Jalen Hurst, Eagles quarterback. What that do you have to say about all that? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think, I think it's, it's easy to, to throw out the, the, the commitment thing. If we just dive in a little bit more during the week, we'll, we'll get this thing figured out. Um, I, I think that's a guy who's still trying to figure out what is, what is going wrong. But even before this three-game losing streak, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks, you beat the Bills, three points. You beat the Chiefs, four points. You beat the Cowboys, five points. You beat the Commanders, seven points. So the, all these close victories – and I think when you are winning, the coaching sessions mm-hmm. aren't taken as seriously. So okay. I won't I won't say it was just commitment, but when you got a, a, a streak like they had mm-hmm. of five games in a row, and all those games are close games, mm-hmm. and clearly the flaws have been showing up. Right. Clearly Jalen Hurts has been turning the football over. Clearly that secondary for the Eagles hasn't been great. Well, we've known all these things, but when you win football games, you sit back in the film session and you go, okay, coach, I got it. Yep, yep, uh-huh, I got it. But when you lose, mm-hmm. suddenly the coaching points are taken a little bit more seriously. Okay. Instead of saying you got it, yeah. you grab your pencil and you start taking some notes on your notepad. And you, right. and you look at that film in a much more serious way. So now after three in a row, so maybe the commitment is not exactly 
the right word, uh, maybe seriousness about it, okay. maybe the, the, the serious approach to it all that this Eagles team needs to make. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's easier to coach guys yeah. after they lose than right. after they win. Because mm-hmm. whatever, coach, we won. The, the, the coaching points can get waved off. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Sirianni can talk about, hey, we got to get better at this, we got to get better at that. Mm-hmm. You leave that facility on Monday feeling good because you won on Sunday. Right. Now you lost three in a row. Uh-huh. Now you're not, you're not smiling anymore. You're mm-hmm. taking them coaching points a little bit more seriously. So mm-hmm. we'll, this is one of those precipitous points for this Eagles football team. They got a chance against the Giants coming up and the Cardinals, so, and then the Giants after that. So a three-game right. uh, schedule here where they get a chance to turn things around at the end of the season and leave in the season feeling pretty good about themselves as opposed to this three-game losing streak they are in right now. Here's the deal with the Eagles. They are not used to being the hunted. Mm. They thought it was going to be very easy being the hunted. And especially when they're the hunted that has not won a championship. It's different if you're the hunted and you got that belt around your waist. You Come get some because we already got ours. We want to get it again. They were that close to winning a championship last year against the Kansas City Chiefs. And number 15 in white red took it away from them. So the automatic human response is that, we're going to be the same team, even though we lost two coordinators, even though we lost a couple of guys in the back end and the secondary, but we're the same Philadelphia Eagles team. Here's why they're not. They've forgotten exactly who the hell they are. And that's a player's thing. That's a coach's thing. That's a commitment thing. You're exactly right. It's a lot easier to pay attention and have somebody's attention when you are not winning because winning can be the ultimate sanitizer. But what made the Eagles successful? They were always going to be the most physically tough and the most mentally tough. They have not been that this year. There have been situations. Well, I said it when they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. I said the better team did not win that football game that day. They proved me right by how mentally tough they have not been against the Cowboys the second time, against the 49ers, and last night. And also goes back to when you're a team that's 10-1, 10-2, you don't need to make panic moves. To me, they made a panic move by moving in Matt Patricia to call defensive plays and moving the side up into the box, even though he's still the defensive coordinator. Usually a team that's on a losing streak, trying to get into the playoffs, you make that kind of panic move to give your team a spark. When they made that move, Chad, I said, why would you make that move and you're 10-3, and three, and all of a sudden you decide that you're going to bring in a guy that didn't exactly light it up, in my opinion, when he was defensive coordinator of the Patriots or when he was in charge of running the offense of the Patriots that he ran into the ground and he ran the Detroit Lions into the ground. You decide to trust that team to that guy that does not have a lot of respect among the players based on the last two stops he was at. To me, those are the kind of hunter moves you make when you're hunting. You should be making those kind of moves when you're the hunted when it comes to the Eagles. I played for Matt Patricia in New England. He was my linebacker coach. As smart of a coach as I've ever been around, the guy was going to be an aeronautical engineer, uh, basically a rocket scientist in some way. So (laughs) – you know, is NFL offense is rocket science? It's not, but Matt Patricia could do some rocket science for you. Um, so <laughs> when he made got this opportunity to call plays, yeah, I just like you, Freddie. I thought, what are they doing? The 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 ship is yeah, it's not full speed ahead right now, but it's certainly headed in the right direction. And you change things like this, there is going to be a rocky road for a couple of weeks before you do that. Right. So maybe uh, they they just assumed that. He needed this opportunity 
with this game and then the last three games, two of those against the Giants, one against the Cardinals, to get Matt Patricia up to speed before the playoffs start. Maybe that's the thinking. Maybe there's a plan that's better than our understanding right now, but to me it did not seem like the right move at all. And as evidenced by the game last night, didn't pay off for the Eagles either. It was not a fun 24 hours for the Eagles and the Cowboys based on their losses. The Cowboys on Sunday, the way they got bushwhacked by the Bills, and the Eagles late in that one getaway last night against the Seattle Seahawks. Which loss was worse, the Eagles losing to Seattle or the Cowboys losing to the Bills? Me, Freddie Coleman, and Chad Brighton in for Harry Douglas. We want to hear from you in the Dr. Pepper calling line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Which loss was worse, the way the Eagles lost to the Seahawks or the way the Cowboys lost to the Bills, and both of these two teams are in a tie for first place in the NFC East. 888-729-3776. Chad Brown will give you his thoughts, and you'll also get a thought from the Cowboys player who says that everybody can't wait for his team to fail, and he's not wrong. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We'll hear from you in a couple of seconds at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Which loss was worse, the Cowboys losing to the Bills on Sunday or the Eagles losing last night to the Seattle Seahawks? We'll check out what you have to say in the Dr. Pepper call on the line in a couple of seconds. But, Chad Brown, if I throw that question to you, the Cowboys got the full beating out of them on Sunday by the Buffalo Bills. The Eagles let one get away. Both of these teams are 10-4. and four. Cowboys have a harder schedule. Eagles have the Giants twice and the Cardinals coming in the last three weeks. Which loss was worse between the Eagles last night and the Cowboys on Sunday night and why? I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles loss was worse because now that makes it three in a row for them for a Cowboys team, which was riding high, won five in a row, and only one loss for them. So, uh, again, we, we talked about it in that first segment there. The Cowboys, to have this loss to the Bills, it's a bit of a, a reset and a recheck mm-hmm. and, a, and a chance to 
clean up the issues they ignored during the five-game winning streak to refocus mentally and all, and all that. Um, and for this Eagles team, this seems to be a continuation of a fall. Even when they were winning games, they weren't winning games beautifully. Right. This Cowboys team was winning, winning big in some cases, and then for them to lose to the Bills and get you know boat raced in some way, it was a bit of a reset and hey, a man in the mirror kind of moment. Yeah, look in the mm-hmm. mirror. I got to find a way to be better. I got to you know redevote myself. I've got to refocus right. myself versus the Eagles who feel a bit like they're in a free fall. Okay, if you ask Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, the outstanding linebacker, he may have a difference of opinion. On the Edge with Micah Parsons' podcast, he says, man, people couldn't wait for us to lose on Sunday. What I understand is, like, everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose. I saw multiple analysts, people who are fake analysts who somehow got jobs on TV saying, there goes your boy. Like, it's almost to the point where it's, like, almost sick that they're waiting for another – former players are waiting for other current players to fail so Hmm. that way they have something to talk about. It's like, oh, there he is. That's the person we've been waiting for. And it's like, why do you want a person – lose so bad it seems that a lot of people are just waiting for people to fail that's why i thought the cowboys loss was worse because they always always do this chad (laughs) they always always do this when they win jerry jones their owner can't shut up demarcus lawrence one of my favorite players in the league after they beat the eagles we made them quit and then we hit him again and then we hit him again and then we hit him again and then when they lose micah parza why do people want us to fail why don't people want us to win? We're the Dallas Cowboys. We're America's team. I, I know Michael Parsons doesn't sound like that, but that's what that sounds like. All that whining, all that moaning and everything. And like I said, I'm a hardcore Dallas Cowboys fan. But that's why, to me, that loss was worse. When you got Miami coming up, you got Detroit coming up, you should beat the commanders. Hey, me, you, Cam, and Devin, our two producers, can beat the Washington commanders. They're just going to quit as far as that goes. But that's why it's worse because I knew, I said, they lose the Buffalo. I wonder what the narrative is going to sound like. And Mike Capron's like, well, why do you guys want us to fail? We're doing our best. We're trying hard. How about give the Buffalo Bills more credit? That's why, because of who they are and who they lost to and how they lost to that team, that's why, to me, it was worse with the Cowboys. Oh, man. All right. I'm not trying to sway you. No, I hear where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I will respectfully... Come on. Disagree. Attaboy. You can be disrespectful and disagree. I'm good with it. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to keep it respectful, Freddie. I, I got much respect. So, I, But I will respectfully disagree. Okay. Uh, it does speak to some of the uh, image. Now, I, I know it's a new day and age, and players can't be uh, of my era at all times. So, you know, we tried our best not to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Heck, when I was in college, I didn't pay attention to Lee Corso picking my car out of Buffalo's to lose. <laughs> so why in the NFL would I pay attention to what somebody else has to say? Right. I've got to say so. That's the most important thing. Me and my boys, we got to say so in who wins and loses this game. Right. So that's the approach we're going to take. So for Michael Parsons in the time before the game, hanging around the hotel, flipping channels to be taking notes uh-huh. on who's picking them to win or lose. Come on, man. You got more important things to focus on. How about focus on sacking Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. That would have helped your case. 
that wouldn't have been the best way to handle that situation. So we're on opposite sides. Chad Brown believes the Eagles' loss to the Seahawks was worse. I believe my Cowboys' loss to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday was worse. What say you at Triple Eight? Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman can't wait to hear. We have to say the Doctor Pepper call in line on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Kelly, one of our favorites in Illinois, Miss Kelly, which was worse, the Eagles last night or the Cowboys on Sunday losing, and why? Well, hello, my two favorite men. Well, let me just tell you, I get up at like 3, 3.15 because I go to the gym because I'm crazy. So I watch the game till halftime, right? Okay. And I got up this morning, got on my NFL app. My teeth about fell out because I'm like, what? <laughs> First of all, Philadelphia, come on now. I never thought they would lose that game, and they shouldn't have. I expected Buffalo to sweep up Dallas. Sorry, Freddie. I know you love Dallas. I'm okay. sorry. Don't hurt me. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was my intake. I really do believe Philadelphia, I thought, was like, come on, you got to win this. Because, you know, come on. Yeah, I feel you, Kelly, and now with the Eagles, especially when you looked at that game and say, man, you got a Seahawks team. They were fighting to save their season, and they had to do it a backup quarterback. You would think if you're the Eagles, that would be the perfect get-right game to get back to what you're used to being, what you're used to dealing with and how you want to be. And I didn't see that from Philadelphia. It's one thing to have it beaten out of you, like what happened to the Dallas Cowboys chat on Sunday. But the Eagles kind of took it away from themselves and allowed that door to stay open when it comes to a team like Seattle that had that sense of urgency more than they did. Well, I mean, just go back to the, the, the Jason Kelsey penalty. Um, yes, good call. Because you know, in a game that was so close where they had to had the ball inside the five-yard line and forced to kick a field goal because of that penalty there, that's the kind of little things that, uh, you know, those are self-imposed wounds. You, you start shooting, you know, a toe-off, well, you do that a couple games in a row, suddenly you don't have no toes on that foot anymore. And that's where the Eagles are. They, these are a lot of self-imposed wounds and, and mistakes mm-hmm. that aren't brought about because some the other team is bringing something special. These are right. just Eagles' mistakes all on their own that they're just kind of essentially making on air. That Jason Kelsey thing, come on, man. I know you've gotten away with it in mm-hmm. the past, but at some point, as you were getting away with it in the past, you had to know at some point it was going to bite you in the butt mm-hmm. and it got you in the most critical situation in the ball game, where you ended up losing by three points, and you could have scored a touchdown there and won by one point. I'm surprised he admitted that. I'm surprised he was that transparent. Say, oh, yeah, they warned me not to do that before. And finally said, we, we got you. We keep telling you. And you kept trying to get away with it. One of our other favorites is Zay in Houston. Zay, which loss was worse and why? Cowboys losing on Sunday to the Buffalo Bills or the Eagles losing last night to the Seattle Seahawks, Zay? Hey, how y'all doing today, fellas? Okay. I'm good. Uh, I say the Cowboys' loss was much worse, and the reason being is if you look at who they've actually beaten on the road this year, it's the Giants, the Chargers, and the Panthers. They they don't win on the road whatsoever. I mean, they even lost to the Cardinals. So, I mean, the Eagles, you know, they have their, they, they 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 have a slump that's going on right now, but when it comes to the playoffs or just in general. Looking at the Cowboys' remaining schedule, going up against the Dolphins, and then the—I mean—they're at home against the Lions. Uh, they get in the playoffs. They won't. They, they can't really beat anybody on the road at all. So I, I would say that their loss was worse. Um, and you know, the Eagles going through this slump. You think that you know it's good for them to go through this slump now, just like when the Niners are going through their little three-game slump. You know, they'll they'll right the ship at some point. 
Um, but I did want to ask you a question, Freddie, uh, not it. to digress. Okay. I want to ask you a question going back to a topic last week when sure. you guys were talking about uh, uh, Staley getting fired uh-huh. and everybody's on the Jim Harbaugh train. Uh-huh. Is John Gruden banned from the NFL? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Say, <laughs> oh, that's the easiest answer that I've given since this show got started on September 5th. There are people who are blackballed, and then there's John Gruden, because this is just me spitballing, Chad. He, they know he has evidence. They yes. never want him to bring that evidence to light, because Burn. if they do, there'll be plenty of other NFL owners, Chad Brown, Zay, and everybody out there, they are shaking literally in their boots praying that John Gruden goes back to college or they just settle with him and move on from that. They do not want John Gruden as a part of the NFL, period, because he has a lot of information that he may be willing to spill and spit at the expense of others in the NFL. Oh, my goodness. Between him and his brother, yes, it's going to be difficult for Gruden to ever get employed on <laughs> by any NFL-related entity ever again, as unfortunate as it is, because he knows where the bodies are. Uh-huh. He knows what's in those owners in GM's closets. Right. And he has already shown he's got no problem talking about it. No doubt. This guy doesn't, he doesn't shy away from a camera or a microphone, so... Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's yeah. done. Yeah, D in Texas, which loss was worse? The Eagles last night losing to Seattle or the Cowboys lost on Sunday losing to Buffalo and YD? Hey, what's up, Fred and Chad? Uh, both of y'all made hey, great points. Uh, but, man, uh, come on, man. The Eagles losing to a backup quarterback in a game in which they led, uh, I won't say dominate, but a game they pretty much controlled all night. You kind of knew that Buffalo was going to come up. They had a big win. Uh, Kansas City last week, and these these games mean a lot to the Bills right now. So uh, uh, I kind of expected them to dominate the Cowboys. Not dominate them, but I kind of expected them. There's no surprise them beating Buff, uh, the Buffalo beating Dallas. But for those people to lose that game, knowing they could put some separation between them and the Cowboys, mm-hmm. man, that's a bad loss right there, y'all. Man, I'm, I'm, I, I got to tell you, it's a bad loss, man. It's a bad loss, no doubt about that. The one thing that, D, you made me you triggered in my mind right now, you talk about the Eagles, that they should have won that game. At least I believe the Cowboys, Ills, not so much winning or losing on the road, Chad, but that run defense, you can sort of fix that. When you have a quarterback talking about commitment issues and guys trying to find their way and you're in game 14, even though you got three relatively easy games to play, that's a bad sign to me. Something that can't be fixed. You can, If you're Dan Quinn, okay, what do we do to make sure we can be a better run defense? You can kind of design different things, run twists and stunts and games on the line of scrimmage to confuse the blocking patterns. That's something to me that's a lot easier to fix, Chad, than trying to find about a guy's commitment and their mentality and their focus, which I thought I would never say about an Eagles team in 2023. And this is why I said the Eagles' loss was was a bigger loss because it's, now it's it's three in a row, and now you're chasing nebulous things, things that are difficult to wrap your hands around, things that are difficult to just put on a script for practice. To your point, yeah, Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. in, in his time as a coordinator, he has come up with schemes yeah. that will confuse an offensive line in the run game. They can slide. They can do this. They can they can twist on. There's a million different things you can do right. that are all part of football, you mm-hmm. know, coaching expertise to be able to pull off mm-hmm. versus the issues that are plaguing the Eagles are 
underperformance. Guys who have done this in the past and now can no longer do it. Guys who are making mistakes who don't make mistakes. A.J. Brown has gone from a possible league MVP in the best wide receiver in the league conversation to a dude who's dropping passes and is underperforming in some way. So these are things we're chasing that there aren't easy fixes for these things versus the Cowboys. Yeah, we need to be better. We got to play this better. Here's some schemes to pull that off versus the Eagles. Huh. (laughs) <laughs> what do we do? We, we we replaced our defensive play caller. We are ch- chasing things that our quarterback is trying to describe as, as commitment. We got guys on this team who aren't committed. Our, our coach is just now hearing this kind of conversation. This is a much more difficult thing to fix than just a couple of schematic things for the Cowboys. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio. Keep weighing in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Which loss was worse and why? The Eagles on Monday night to the Seattle Seahawks or the Cowboys, the way they got blasted by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. Keep weighing in on that. And you have not seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. Whether you like it or not. But what does that mean for the New York Jets and Mr. Rogers? That's next. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Aaron Rodgers is feeling pretty good. Not about playing football, but staying with the New York Jets. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Sirius X and Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. You have not seen the last of Aaron Rodgers. He's not talking about just playing in 2024 for the Jets, but maybe even beyond. And he said as much when he did his usual Tuesday hit on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. I don't think so. You know, I I felt like when I came here that I got kind of a renewed passionate love for the game and everything has been uh, amazing here. The people I've gotten to work with, the relationships I've gotten to form with my teammates, men and women that work here at One Jets Drive has has been really special. I wanted, you know, at least two years. I feel like this year is kind of a lost year now that I only played a couple snaps and wasn't able to go out there and prove what I'm capable of and and see uh, what we're capable of as a team. I don't think next year will be my last year. With some of the things that that I've learned over the last year, taking care of my body and and surrounding myself with some, some great people, who've been uh, helping me with my nutrition and my functional training at a, at a more acute level. Uh, I feel like I can play more years and I can be effective uh, into my 40s. The words of Aaron Rodgers, Jets quarterback in the Pat McAfee show, basically admitting, Chad, that 2023 coming back, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't want that kind of Christmas present behind that offensive line. But going forward, here's what it means for the New York Jets. You got to find a way to get better due to that offensive line that can stay healthy. You can't just say, when our guys get healthy, they weren't any good when they were healthy. You can't entrust that. When he's basically trusting you to say, I believe you guys will make it better for me with the offensive line. Don't make me look like a fool with me coming back and not just for 2024. Your greatest ability as a player is always going to be your availability. This ain't hard. This ain't new. This is how it works in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This is the expectation. Your job is not to play on Sunday. Your job is to play every Sunday. Right. So uh, the Jets – uh, you know, Makai Becton, yes, you can block out the sun, massive human being, but you have been not available for far too long. And even when you were available, you were still a work in progress. So they've got to move from the potential kind of thinking for the offensive line and move into guys who can actually get it done. Right. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a skilled enough quarterback that he will know to get rid of the football. He will know to do things from a pocket standpoint that will help that offensive line and not put them in bad spots. 
but he needs competence at the very least competence up front to get that done so you don't need to go and spend you know 30 million dollars on on the next great left tackle but you do need to spend some money to get some true professionals who can be available down in and down out game mm-hmm. in and gain out and give Aaron Rodgers the confidence that he can operate from the pocket because otherwise you've wasted all that money and all this opportunity with Aaron Rodgers if you don't shore that position group up immediately and it's a, a spot on point because this just organization notoriously has been the kind of pitch and patch organization if we can band-aid it if we can massage the wound if we don't pick at the scab and let it heal by itself but if you have a guy like that that's committed to you it does not hurt your cause to try to take chances to say let's make sure we put the best offensive production people around a guy like that that wanted to come here after Green Bay didn't want him anymore and he didn't want the Green Bay Packers anymore if you're Joe if you're Joe Douglas the general manager and Rogers basically said I believe in Joe Douglas well, then don't make him look like a fool. Don't just say, we can run it back with those guys and hope they stay healthy. Because if they do, Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, oh, I guess that blew up in my face. Why would you want to do that to him no matter what you think about the prickly personality that Aaron Rodgers has? No matter what you think about him, why would you want to do that to a guy that's a generational, once-in-a-generational kind of quarterback that knows he has enough juice left to make you the kind of team you believe you should be when it comes to the New York Jets? Yeah, you've got weapons. you got weapons at the running back position. you got weapons at the wide receiver position. You've got an opportunity here with a guy who will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to ignore the offensive line or to try to piecemeal it or, or patchwork it. Yeah. That's not going to be enough. There needs to be a kind of cohesive, complete revamp of that position room, and they've got to find a way. Again, it, it, they don't need to be – all pro studs. They don't right. need to be those kind of players. Right. Paid Manning got by without a great, a truly great offensive line because he was paid Manning and he could execute in the pocket. Same thing for Tom Brady. Same thing for Aaron Rodgers. If you are a truly great pocket quarterback, your sense of timing, your ability to get rid of the football, to know where your hot receivers are, can really minimize offensive line issues. Uh, Jerry Jones still believes in his Dallas Cowboys, which has always been part of the problem. Chad Brown and I discuss that next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry podcast.